Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to another session in the kingdom as I'm reading from my book, The Greatness in You, and I'm picking up part four. Today we're going to be talking about you and I have been given a kingdom to rule over. A kingdom, very important word. Not a religion, not just any other area, but a kingdom. So if you're going to understand the terminology, I must define the term. So the question you should be asking is, what is a kingdom? So I'm going to try to define the term for you and explain to you the kingdom you and I have been given to rule over. And also, I'm going to explain in this session, in this section, as to how you and I are kings. I know it's hard for some of you to accept. I know some of you here to say, what do you mean I'm a king? Well, I'm a prophet to you and to show you that you are a king. Ladies, you are queens. We may not believe it, but let's be clear. You understand when I'm done to show you scripturally that you and I have been made just like God. Okay? So let's get started in this. So let's just define the word kingdom. The word kingdom is a country, a state, or a territory ruled by a king or queen. We're talking about territory, we're talking about a state, we're talking about areas ruled by a king or queen. That's the word kingdom. It's two, word, two words put together. A king and a domain. King and a domain. So what is a king? A king is a ruler of an independent state, especially one who inherits the position by rights of birth. Hmm, very important word. Birth right, right? Not voted into, not not accidentally fall into, not selected for, but you become a king by birthright. Hmm, wow, we'll talk about that later on. Next word is the word, if the word kingdom, we're gonna talk about the king, ruler independent state, especially one who inherits the position by birthright. Then the word dom, D-O-M, is the word domain. The word domain is an area or territory owned a rule by a ruler or a king or a government. So if you put the word together, that's the word king domain. King dominion. That's the word kingdom. And most have read that and have understood. So when you hear people telling you we are kingdom people, kingdom citizens, without defining the word, you have no concept. So naturally what we'll do, we'll extrapolate and say, well, I'm a religious person. But if you understand, a king is not a religious person. A king is a sovereign, someone born into power by birthright, from the bloodline, that's the rights of king, from bloodline. Hmm. That's the reason why Jesus said, if you and I, you must be born again into the kingdom. Birthright, right? Okay, let's go on. So far, we've established that you and I were created in the image of God and likeness, and we're given the ability to have dominion, which is rulership over land and territory, right? There's that word again, which means we rule and reign over all of God's creation. But God has not only given you dominion, given you dominion, but He has also given you a domain or territory. The English word used to describe a person with dominion over a domain is a king or queen. In other words, you are a king. Please note in Galatians three twenty-eight, it says that in Christ there is neither Jew nor Greek, neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. Very important word. For you're all one in Christ Jesus. So far, so for easy reading, I'll be using the word king to refer to both male and female. Okay? So I'm not trying to discriminate. I'm just using the word. So you are a king. You have been given domain or a king domain, which is the earth. And before I get to the, the break it down more, I'm going to define the word kingdom. A kingdom is the governing or ruling influence of a king over his territory or land, then he chooses a citizenry 
or a people group that will reflect his nature and his culture. And I'll give you scripture later on to back up what I'm trying to tell you, that you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. I'll talk about that in a little bit. If you're still struggling with the accepting your identity, let me ask you a few questions to get this concept down to understand who we're from and why you are king. Here's the first question we must ask. Is God a king? Hmm. That's number one. Number two. Was Jesus a king? Hmm. Number three. Was Adam a king? Three important questions that's going to show you that you, Jesus, Adam, and God are the same birthright, our birth line, or from the same heritage. Here's the next question. Who are you a descendant of? Hmm. Are you a descendant of Adam? Then if you can say yes to that, they said that, are you then a king? So I must answer this question, correct? So let's go to this. So to help you out to answer all this question, the answer to all of them is yes. Some will still have doubt. A king? I'm a king? I don't feel like a king. Well, feeling has nothing to do with it. Kingship don't come out of feeling. Kingship is a birthright. But if you don't know that, you will live your life like a slave and a servant. If you don't know your position or your identity, you can live like a poor servant. Hmm. Thus the story of Cinderella, princess cleaning houses. Thus you and I as sons and daughters, sons of God, living way below standard. But if you don't know your identity, then you will accept that as being normal. Okay? So let's take this to help you out and to answer all this question. But I I just don't want you to take my word for it that you are a king. I'm just perfect to you. Let's go back to the scripture. Is God a king? In Psalms 109, verse 19 and 22, it says, There are many scriptures that refer to God as a king. For instance, take a look at Psalm 103, verse, 9, 103, verse 19. The Lord has prepared his throne in heaven. His word, his throne in heaven. And his kingdom ruleth over all. Hmm. Notice he said the presidency or the governorship, or the mayorship. He said his throne, and he says his kingdom, right? That tells me if he's got a throne, he's a king. And if he has a kingdom, he rules over territory and land. Second scripture, verse 22 of the same verse, same chapter, 103, verse 22. Bless the Lord all his work in all the places of his dominion. That means seen and the unseen realm. That's his territory, land he rules over. Bless the Lord, O my soul. So we now can establish that God himself is a king that rules over domain and territory. Now let's look at, is Jesus a king? In the book of John, Jesus himself recognized that he is a king. Do you remember the story in the book of John, verse 18, verse 37? Therefore, Pilate said to him, so you are a king? And Jesus answered, you say correctly that I am a king. Ah, for this I was born. Not voted on, not selected. I was born for this. Remember, I said kingdom, rulership, and kings are birthed into power. They're not voted into power. That's presidency, that's democracy, that's socialism. They select their leaders. In this case, you're born to be a king. And for this, I've come into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth, hear my voice. That's John 18, 37. So we now, he, Jesus, who is a blessing? Give you another scripture, by the way. First Timothy six fifteen. He, Jesus, is is the blessed and only sovereign, 
Sovereign is a ruler, a king, the king of kings, and the Lord of lords. Are you seeing it? That's in your Bible. So we now establish that God's a king, Jesus is a king. Okay? So we got those two established. Let me then ask the next question. Was Adam a king? Let's look at it. Genesis 127. God created man in his image and in his likeness. He created him. Male and female created them. And if God is a king, and if Adam was created in his own image, then Adam was a king also because he was birthed from God. Remember, birthright is the key word here. Each one is birthed into power. They don't get power. They voted him. They're birthed into it. So Adam came out of God. He was birthed from a king that automatically made him a prince until he gets his territory, which then make him a king. And what was the first thing God gave him? Rulership over the earth. That's the domain and the territory that makes Adam a king. Mm, wow. Wow. We don't see it. In Luke 3, the genealogy of Jesus is given showing him a descendant from Adam. That's in Luke chapter 3. So next question must then that we now prove that God's a king. We prove that Jesus is a king. We now prove that Adam is a king. And next question we must ask, who are you and I birthed from? Hmm. Are you a descendant of Adam? We know that Adam and Eve gave birth to Cain and Abel and Seth, and other sons and daughters, coming to Genesis 4 and 5. And they in turn gave birth to sons and daughters. The Bible doesn't save Abel had any children before he was murdered by Cain. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 45, Paul says that the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. In other words, Adam was the first man. And in Acts 17, verse 24 through 26, Paul says, God that made the world and all things therein has made of one blood, blood, one blood, remember birthright, bloodline, one blood, all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth. So all of us came out of the bloodline of Adam. We were birthed into our title as kings and rulers. In other words, all human beings are related because they're all descendants of the first man called Adam. Therefore, you are a descendant of Adam, and if Adam was a king, you are also of the bloodline that makes you and I kings. Oh, I'm talking about male and female now. Remember I said I would tell you that. The question becomes, then we must ask the question, are you a king? And I'm, I hope that at this point, you're making the connection to see that the power to this question is yes. But let me give you a few more scripture to back this up. For if by one man offense, death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. That's Romans chapter 5, verse 17. Let me read it again. For if by one man's offense, death reigned, that's Adam, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness, which is by Jesus, right, shall reign in life by one through Jesus Christ. Let me give you another scripture, 1 Peter 2, 9. But, here's the word, but you are a chosen people, a royal, royal's word, royalty, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praise of him who called you out of the darkness into his marvelous or wonderful light. That's 1 Peter 2, 9. It proved to you, for you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that show forth the praise of him who has called you out of darkness. Another word for darkness is, is lack of light or ignorance 
into his marvelous light. Illumination or revelation that you and I are sons and daughters of a king born into kingship through bloodline through birthright, that you are not a slave nor servant, nor are you, even though they labeled you a sinner, you are sons and daughters of a king. Wow, we never knew this. That's what we have done because we, we misunderstood who we are. We've now made our father, the king, into a religious god. We've now built religion to worship this king and we made him into religion. So religion are not what who you are. Religion is a cultural act. It is neither kingdom mandate. Thus God is not religious law. Jesus was not a religious man. Thus what he brought to the planet was a religion. My question to you, that why did he not go to the religion to choose his disciples? Have you ever looked in the four gospels where he got them from? He never went to the temple. He never went to synagogue. He got them all from the world. Wow, we never figured that out. And here's what he said, Matthew 4, 17. Repent for the gospel or the religion has come. No, he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Come on. You've got to understand that your king and the God you serve is a king. He didn't bring a religion. He brought the governance influence of a king over his territory. He brought it to earth with him, which is to give you the power back as sons and daughters of the king to rule and reign and take control of your atmosphere and your environment. That makes you a king. He recognized we, ruled, we lost kingdom rulership through Adam's disobedience. He gave up the power of his rulership over the earth to Lucifer when Lucifer in the garden convinced him that God had hidden something from him. So he questioned God's command. And remember in Genesis, what it says? Did God truly say me not eat of every tree? And he began to talk to him. Thus you understand why he showed up and why he came in authority. The moment Adam disobeyed God, Adam moved the rights of rulership out of the out of his hand and he put it in the hand of the one he subject himself to. His throne and rulership was taken over by the devil, and thus the earth now belongs to the devil. Now God has sent his son to give you your dominion power back to take your rulership back through righteousness. That's why a reign in life through Jesus Christ. That's why he's called the second Adam. By the way, to prove to you what I'm saying to you is true. Do you remember the temptation of Jesus in the book of John? When the devil led him away in the wilderness, what did he do? He asked him three questions. If you are the son of God, turn the stone to bread. And Jesus responded, it is written. And do you remember the third temptation? He said, if you would bow down and worship me, all the kingdoms of the world and its glory. It's very interesting, most never saw that. Why did he offer him a kingdom and not a religion? And he said, and all the glory, the beauty, the power, the authority, the splendor. He said, I offer all this to you. You notice he didn't offer him a religion because Jesus was not a religious man. He couldn't offer religion. Judaism was the religion of their day. He didn't offer him that. He offered him all the kingdoms of the earth. And by the way, the question must then ask, why didn't Jesus refute him and say, you got no right to have no kingdom? Why didn't he say, you don't belong to you? Why did he have the right to offer it to him? Because when Adam sinned, he gave the dominion power of the world over to Lucifer. So Lucifer called the prince of the earth or the world. So he had the power or the king of this world. He has the power to offer him a kingdom, not a religion. Very important. Most of us saw that in reading for gospel. Thus the word kingdom rule, if you understand how it functioned. There are several popular songs that are sung in churches with the lyrics. He, Jesus, is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. 
I remember singing along one day, and it, I just stopped. I asked myself, who are the other kings, and who are the other lords that he's the king and king and lord of lord of? Then it came to me. The answer is this. You and me. See, when you and I sing the song, he is the king of kings, he is the lord of lords, you never stop to think, who's he singing about? Just King Abdullah in Saudi Arabia? Just the, the queen or prince in England? Or is he talking about king of kings? The word there is not single, it's plural. I mean, there's more than one. But because you don't understand your identity and authority, you never put your name in that song. He is the king of kings and is the lord of lords. Well, king is the one who rules a dominant territory. The word lord means owner and master of. So when you call him lord, you call him owner and master of what? Land, territory, and all the blessing of the kingdom. So you call him lord. That's why it's in the name of the lord you shall be saved. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, you don't do what I say? It's an issue of obedience there, right? And so you call him Lord, you call him owner and master of. Thus, when you sing the song, he's the king of kings, Lord, Lord, you never stop to think he's thinking about you. We've always deflected off the thing he's thinking about some other, other people, not us. See, in our day and time today, because there's not a lot of kingdom rulership in democracy, we have basically has pushed it aside by saying, oh, no, we don't want one man to have all the power. Well, here's something you need to know. In our democracy today, the problem we have, we have too many chiefs and no Indians. Everybody has an opinion, want to rule, and it brings confusion to the head. Thus God said, I'm going to give man the opportunity to rule themselves, and we have messed it up by creating confusion, chaos, we, we, we create a system of injustice, imbalance, thievery, you name it, we've done it. So God says, let me tell you something, read the Bible, book of Revelation, we are going to go back to the rulership of kingdoms. Okay, what most of you do not understand, prior to the New Testament coming to existence, and even then, the earth was once ruled by no other than kings. Go back from Genesis to Malachi. I promise you this, in pretty much every chapter you will read in the Old Testament, a king was ruling the earth, and most have never seen it. David was a king. Mm. Saul was a king. It's where you go back and go as far as you want to. You're going to find kings everywhere. And thus, when God allowed man in his independent thinking to come up with a new system of government called democracy, we moved away from king rule. To be exact, America was founded upon rebellion. What do we mean by that? They were running from a king. They left England. Had the king caught them, he would have killed them all. But they got away and they established a new territory or colony called the United States. It was called by something else back then, but the idea was they came out of kingdom rule. All right? So because we don't know that, we don't accept this idea of king rule. But you need to know, in the book of Revelation, when you stand before the judge, he is called a just king. He's not called a president. He ain't called a governor. He's called a king. Thus, we stood before the throne. Notice there, not the White House, not our courtroom, but the throne of God. You hear the word? Throne. We keep missing the dominant words. You don't stand before the courts. The courts is of heaven, but before the throne of God, where a righteous king sits on the throne, and he rules in righteousness. If you understand the concept. From Scripture, we can see that in our birthright through Adam, Jesus, to live as king of king in this life. We are supposed to live this way. The question is, what has stopped us from living such a life? The simple answer is a lack of knowledge and understanding of who we are and what we're designed to do. So here's the scripture. I proved it. I'm saying it's right. It's Hosea 4, 6. 
My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject you. And that thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God. I will also forget your children. Let me show you what you didn't know. My people are destroyed. The word destroyed, they mean obliterated, wiped out. For a lack, deficient in knowledge, information. Knowledge, information through study, research, or investigation. And it said, because you have rejected knowledge. Now the question becomes, if knowledge is available, and I don't know it, when you study that out, that's called ignorance, right? Because I lack knowledge. I don't know it's there, and I can't be blamed for what I don't know. But here's what this is not saying that you reject now because of ignorance. This is what we want to claim. I just didn't know. No, he said you rejected it. That's the key word. The word there is reject. Well, you can't reject when it's not available. If it's not available, it's called ignorance. But if it's available and you don't know it, it's now called rejection. That's a different penalty. Now, that rejection because it's available and you don't know is now called in the court of law an act of rebellion. Because it was available and you choose not to know it, it's not called ignorance, it's called an act of rebellion. It's called disobedience. Oh, wow, most of them never seen it. And then Zara said, because you reject that knowledge, I'm also going to reject you. Because the knowledge is available and you choose not to know it. Because you like to remain ignorant of your word we use today. Ignorance is bliss. If I can say, close my eye to what's going on, I don't have to be worried about it. La, 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 I don't see it, so I'm not responsible for it. God says it's available, and you don't have it. You don't know it. It's not called ignorance. It's called after rebellion. And rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft. Oh, oh, oh that's in the Bible, too. Mm. And it said, because you reject now, they also reject you. And thou shalt be no priest to me. You can't represent me in ignorance. You cannot speak in my behalf when you're rejecting. The most important thing you need is knowledge. Thus the book of Psalm, book of Proverbs, always telling you, in all your gaining, gain knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. Gain these three. Don't ever stop learning information. Understand how information works and how to apply it. That's what Proverbs keep on pushing on us to tell us to know. And it says now, if you and I are the standard of knowledge in our home, and we're acting in rebellion or disobedience, then he said, I'll reject your children too. Because children are a byproduct of our parents, of what we have taught them. And if you know nothing, they know nothing. If you act in rebellion, they will act in rebellion. You understand? That's why he don't want your children. He rejects them. Why? Because you're acting in rebellion against him. Because refusing to have knowledge to gain it. Does he reject them as well? You shall be no priest to me, and I'll reject your children too. Wow, that's a curse, people. That's a curse. That's why you and I need to gain knowledge. If children didn't know that they could walk, if children didn't know that they could walk, observing their children, observing their parents, and could run by observing their parents, they would have still be, they would be satisfied with crawling. How does children know how to walk? By watching adults walk. We are their example. We are what they watch. How they know how to talk? By listening to us. How they know what to say when to smile? They watch our features. So children are a perfect replica of their parents. So if the parents didn't teach them that they could walk and encourage them to walk, children would be crawling for the rest of their life. Well, because we were the example to them, that's why they copied. They would have been satisfied with crawling if we didn't teach them. Similarly, if you didn't know that you could rule and reign in this life, you'll be satisfied with just existing. You will start to make declaration like life is hard. There's no reason for my living. So your life now becomes a whole experiment. You're trying things. All 
on step one to say, and many of our addiction is a search for meaning and purpose. So we start to experiment with our lives because we have not known who we are. It's a search for identity. It's a search we want getting up every morning. So most of us, when our life has no purpose, no meaning to it, then we'll numb ourselves to our reality. We'll abuse our body, whether through drugs, alcohol, relationship, we will we'll hurt ourselves. And that's what we see going on. People are not bad people. They're searching for a reason to exist and to live. They want them to have a reason to get up every morning. Most of them have no hope. Most have given up on life because they've settled with the fact that life is gonna be hard. I'm gonna struggle through life, so why even bother? And some have come to a place where they actually give up because they don't understand they're created in the image of God. They have a purpose and destiny. They're kings and rulers, and the devil has convinced them that they are not gonna to amount to anything. Sad part to say many of those words we've heard has come from the people that we love the most who said, you'll never amount to much. And those words are still resounding in our mind and our heart. And so we don't become nothing. So when I dysfunction or I destroy myself in life, I say, because my mom and dad said it, I'm, the, I'm nobody. And you don't recognize how valuable and how great you are are and so what do you do you destroy your life you hurt yourself these drug addiction is not something people like they don't want to do that but they have their life is hurt they have such inner hurt or pain or abandonment or issue of the heart that the only way they can function or cope is to numb themselves to their reality the moment the memory or the hurt comes up they take something to neutralize it by numb themselves so we become addicted to things and we have no reason to live, and so we have no control of the area of power we're given, and the devil keeps us locked in our mind into I'm never going to be anybody, do anything against me, and so he rules over the head of these individuals, and they can never manifest their greatness. I'm here to tell you, you can break through that, but you've got to come back to your creator to recognize you've been designed by purpose, for purpose, to fulfill a purpose, that your life is not an accident, that you've been designed with kingdom authority and power, that's why the devil wants kingdom rulership over you. That's why I keep telling you, the greatest area of rulership is got to be over yourself. If you lack self-discipline, self-control, he will take that from you. You understand? If you don't control you, he will control you. And he controls you through your mind, through thoughts, through memory, through hurts, through pain, through disappointment, through abandonment, through abuse. He's constantly throwing that in your head. That memory of yours is hurting you. That past experience or that trauma is keep on digging that up. Whenever he wants to control you, he brings up the trauma that gives us in a pattern of repetition, of repeating the same thing over and over again. The tape is kicked in and repeat the behavior and we keep getting the same result. And we can't figure out why I can't stop, why I can't change. Somewhere along the line, healing and life has got to come. I'm here today to give you life, to let you know you're a king and you have dominion power and the devil is subject to you, not subject to him. You don't have to give in to your brokenness anymore. You can forgive those who have hurt you and move into your greatness. You are a king. Whether you believe it or not makes no difference. You don't have to believe it. I'm just telling you, you are. Until you accept that, that I'm made in the image of God, I have the same power God has, then you'll walk a lower standard of living versus raising yourself to the high position God's called you to. I keep saying over again, and I will not stay to stop saying it. You and I have greatness in you. We look forward to talking to you next time. Look for another time we go to the next series on the purpose of mankind. Hopefully that will bring some clarity to your heart and your mind as to how great you are. We look forward to talking to you then. Bye-bye now.